Chapter Four of Grandpa's Darlings by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: Real Things. Minnie's little palate was a great trouble to us. It knew the taste of good things and longed after them, and her pretty little tongue coaxed for them in a way that was heartrending to refuse. But there were so many things that she could not eat and no sooner was an article set down to that long list of things that made Minnie sick than her perverse little stomach was seized with a desire for that thing and nothing else. One of the dainties that she longed for was currants, and currants she could not eat. All sorts of devices were resorted to to save the plaintive little face from growing sad over the sight of the forbidden fruit. Auntie Duell, particularly, was very wise in planning, so that the baby might live in a perpetual state of forgetfulness over its existence. But it wasn't always easy, for her eyes were very bright and watchful. On a certain summer afternoon, when the little lady was down at Grandpa's visiting, as it drew toward tea-time, Auntie Duell stole away, bowl in hand, to pick some currants for tea. Minnie was supposed to be going home before tea-time, so her heart was not to be disturbed by the sight of them. Trot-trot went the little feet towards the kitchen door, and just as Auntie Duell's sunbonnet was vanishing through the door, it was checked by a shrill voice. "'Auntie Duell, where is you going?' "'Oh,' said Auntie, hesitatingly, "'to China, maybe.' Minnie didn't know where China was, but she had faith in her auntie, and, for aught she knew, China might be just outside the garden gate. So she accepted the statement and went on. "'Well, what is you going to do with that bowl when you get to China?' "'Oh, dear me,' auntie said, growing puzzled. "'Pick butterflies and caterpillars, maybe.' "'For tea?' said Minnie, her eyes opening wide with startled horror. "'Aye, I guess so. Do you want some?' Away flew Minnie with her astonishing piece of news, through the kitchen, through the sitting-room, straight into her place of safety, Grandma's arms, her cheeks aglow, her voice trembling with excitement. "'Oh, Grandma! Grandma! Auntie Dool is gone away to Sina to pick a bowlful of flutterbys and pillar cats for tea. Do people eat them, Grandma? Meantime, Auntie Dool, chuckling over the success of her surprising statement, escaped to the garden with her bowl. This story was told to Grandpa at the tea table after Minnie had gone home, with many descriptions of her shocked tones and looks and much laughter. Only Grandpa looked grave. When the laugh was over, he said to Auntie Duell, "'How many years do you suppose it will be before Minnie will discover that you haven't told her the truth?' "'The truth?' said Auntie, in surprise. "'Why, of course it wasn't truth. I was only in fun, you know. Whoever supposed that the absurd little monkey would believe it?' And she laughed again at the thought." "'But you see, she did believe it,' Grandpa said. "'Believed it because you told it to her. "'She has great faith in your word, you see. "'I would be very careful not to give that faith a shock if I were you.' "'Why, dear me,' Auntie said with puzzled face. 
i never thought about its being anything serious don't you think it is right to say anything in fun to a child i don't think it is right to say anything but the truth to anyone grandpa said emphatically least of all to a child under the impulse of this talk auntie took pains to explain to minnie with great care that china was not out under the apple tree but a great way off that people did not eat pillar cats and flutterbys and that in short she was only making believe in what she told her minnie listened attentively seemed to take in the idea and be satisfied it was not long afterward that the letter came from her mamma about which i told you last week after we had read it and laughed over it grandpa turned suddenly to auntie duell and asked do you see the fruit of your own planting minnie learned to make believe out under the currant bushes didn't she we all took that home for a lesson and after that tried to speak the exact truth to the queer little girl and yet her ideas of things became very much mixed for instance she was very fond of dogs little curly blink-eyed creatures that waddled along the street seeking for things to bark at she knew i could hardly endure the sight of them and she was very fond of me and very anxious to secure my approval of everything that she said and did one glowing summer day we took a walk she in spotless white and charming silver buckled slippers as we turned down fulton street there came along one of those snarly wretches known as poodle dogs minnie was in a flutter of delight she clapped her hands and called after him doggy dear doggy wait a minute till i see you better he trotted on just ahead of us and she expressed her satisfaction in every possible way she even appealed to me to know if he wasn't a darling i said i guess so in an absent sort of way and in reply to other exclamations of pleasure gave sometimes a half answer sometimes silence until suddenly she turned from the dog and looked up into my face i suppose i looked grave for my thoughts were miles away from there and i was puzzled and troubled about some bit of business that did not want to go right poor minnie thought my sober face was all owing to her raptures over his dogship instantly she was her dignified little self trying to make me understand that her heart was all right i don't love him a bit auntie bell she said in a grave earnest way that she had not a single bit at all no indeed only he has got such a little cunning tail oh how grandpa laughed over that when i told him about it laughed until he had to get out his handkerchief and wipe away the tears the world is full of just such people he said afterward i meet them every day of my life they don't care for this fashion or that amusement only they have got such little cunning tales the saying passed into a proverb with our family especially with grandpa whenever he heard anyone trying to make a foolish apology for something that they wanted to do or somewhere they wanted to go while they didn't want to have the name of caring for such things he would be sure to say there's another dog that has a little cunning tail 
it is queer what a fashion people have for telling little bits of people what is not quite true and of telling them to do ridiculous things that you don't mean them to do these were things that as you have seen grandpa particularly disliked yet so natural does it seem to be to indulge in them that once he was caught in just that way himself they were going to new york papa and mamma and minnie and the small lady all in a flutter of delight was getting bits of errands to do for each of us something nice that she was going to buy us a collar for grandma a waffle for auntie duel a pencil for me and what for grandpa she asked staying her dancing feet before him and speaking gleefully the carriage was at the door everybody was waiting what should grandpa say oh he said hastily a cigar i guess such a strange thing for grandpa to choose who never touched a cigar and didn't like to have anyone else touch them everybody laughed understanding that for once in his life even grandpa was making believe and everybody forgot that minnie was an earnest-hearted little woman who believed that people said what they meant and meant what they said one day she went dressed in her prettiest downtown for a promenade with cousin ed now cousin ed was a young gentleman who had much heart and much money and the ways in which he filled minnie's heart with comfort cannot be told here it would take too much room the little maiden chose this particular time in which to do her shopping and besides the collar and waffle and pencil what was papa's bewilderment to find stored among his freight a large-sized box of choice havana cigars gunpowder or brandy casks couldn't have surprised him more but minnie was wisdom and gravity combined why papa i know all about it it is my present for grandpa cousin ed bought it my cigar you know grandpa sent for it i told cousin ed so and he said one wouldn't last long and he would get the man to put in some more oh my what a many i didn't think there would be such a many as that won't grandpa be pleased won't grandpa be dumbfounded said papa taking in the idea and laughing loud and long wicked cousin ed knew perfectly well that the grandpa at home hated the whole idea of cigars and all their relations though innocent little minnie did not serves me right said grandpa after he could speak for laughing over his queer present serves me just right i had no business to tell the baby to bring me one only a little while since i lectured some of you about that very thing too it only goes to show how determined we are that the pure-hearted little things shall grow to believe that everybody is making believe then he stooped and gathered the waiting little woman into his arms aren't you pleased grandpa she said with a little quiver of the lips minnie thought you would be yes he said pressing loving kisses on her lips grandpa is pleased with his little girl she is a good honest little woman she does just as she promises to do and is in real earnest about it all minnie must do so always and then she will be an honest big woman one of these days and as for grandpa 
he will try to help you after this every time dear grandpa there isn't a memory of minnie's young life that is not woven in with sweet thoughts about that precious wise-hearted faithful friend who helped her every time end of chapter four